Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Purposely Local, where we feature the why of a lot of small business, local brands, and incredible founders that are changing and making the new world of local. It's this Purpose and Local all in the same podcast. And welcome to our new season. As part of the new season, I decided to start with an incredible episode that we recorded back in September 13 of this year, 2022, when I was lucky enough to be hosting a panel during New York Fashion Week about the future of content creators, fashion brands, and sustainability. I was lucky enough to be surrounded by amazing panelists, including content creators and new companies that are actually venture in this new industry that is that I'm also part of it. So as a starter of this new season, I hope you enjoyed this conversation that we had and this amazing conversation and panel, including questions from the community that we recorded, as I said, on September 13 of this year during New York Fashion Week. Enjoy this conversation and I see you guys again in our next episode. Thank you. Uh, collaboration with fashion brands. And I think we have in this panel every angle possible in what it is a collaboration between a brand and a content creator. We have a content creator, we have sustainability, community, and uh, fashion. We have here maybe, you know, something around metaverse, about everything around it. And then we also have. Uh, more about entrepreneurship and supporting the content creators in different lines of revenues and different type of monetization. So we're going to be talking a lot about all this. So first to start, I would like to everyone, all the panelists to introduce themselves. So you guys have an idea of who we are here. Uh, we're going to start with Barbara, best known as Barbie. Hi, everyone. Good night. Uh, thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure to be with everyone tonight. Uh, my name is Barbara Bowler. I'm from Brazil. I'm living in the U.S. since 2019. Um, I'm 30 years old. I'm a model since I was 15. I lived in China. I lived in Colombia. I lived in Mexico. I lived in Canada. I lived a lot of different places. Um, I have a master's degree in marketing and consumer behavior. And having that preparation as a model brought me to the content creation board and kind of gave me the possibility to bring more to the table than the models actually do. So lately, I've been working with what we call UGC, which is user-generated content. And this is the future of content creation. So I'll be talking a little bit about that. Hello everyone, my name is Lorisa Ibarra and I'm the founder of Refine Shopping. We are a sustainable fashion hub, so we kind of do a little bit of everything, but the primary thing that we focus on is creating community. We realize that the most important thing of amplifying brands is building community to reach the, cons the customers, consumers, and the brands all in one place. Um, so we have an online marketplace, but we also focus on curating events like this because when you bring people in a room like this, there's an invigorating energy and there's a lot of collaborations that happen and that's where community starts. 
Um, I'm Tucker Adecki. I'm the co-founder of In-House, and we are the first reference marketplace for tastemaker fashion. And you know, really started out the business looking to create this common community of brands that are being built by artists, musicians, athletes, entertainers, influencers, etc. Everyone obviously thinks of Yeezy and Fenty and some of the bigger ones, but there's thousands of those brands out there and they did not have a single home. So we started to build that marketplace and pretty quickly sort of transitioned into a brand studio as well. So being approached by basketball players and soccer players and influ influencers and rappers and what have you, um, wanting to build a brand and we leverage our resources to kind of bring that to life and also include them in our marketplace. Hi, my name is Monica Recto. I'm the founder of Bazaar Labs and we were trying to thank you to Zichi for shouting out to us earlier. And so we're trying to solve the gap between fashion and digital fashion, we realized how difficult it is to create 3D fashion. If any of you have tried it using Blender, Maya, even Clothe 3D, it takes a while and there's a bit of a learning curve. And so we want to make it easy. We want to make it as simple for children, fashion designers, and even just regular users to be able to translate their clothes into 3D. So we're a design editor for that. All right. Was was I right about the panelists here, what we have today, right? So it's going to be very juicy. Again, anyone who wants to raise your hand, make a comment on anything that we have, just raise your hand and Maggie will bring the microphone. So the, the, uh, my name is Daniel Salcedo or Daniel Salcedo, whoever you want to call me. I am the founder of Boulder. Uh, we have a, basically a content creation platform where we connect content creators with fashion brands using UGC content as our main driver, basically bringing video into the uh, e-commerce platforms of the brands using Shopify. So the first thing that I kind of wanted to talk to you about uh, today is, so for us, when we collaborate in, in, in our platform, we, we do collaborations, we, we really pay a lot of attention to the style and the values of the brands and the influencer too. And we do these matches in a way that we consider that is, you, you know, really magical. So in, in one hand, a lot of people ask us all the time, what is the ROI of influencer marketing? What is really working for influencer marketing? So I kind of want to start with, uh, you know, every one of you guys, maybe with your perspective, uh, uh, Barbara, in when, when you are working today as a creator, what is working in the creator space today? And what do you think is the power, the power that a creator has? Um, so I believe that there is a difference that we need to address between being an influencer and a content creator. So the influencer is this person that will exactly influence people into taking a buying decision and going and buying something and consuming that. Uh, when you are a content creator, more specifically, not necessarily you will be influencing because you might just record a content and send it directly to the brand. So you do not have to post that on your platforms. For me, that is much better because otherwise you kind of fill your platform with paid content and it looks like you are a magazine. Your profile doesn't look like organic. So I feel like also as a model, I see that even the um, like the advertisement industry is shifting a lot to user-generated content. 
I've saw a dramatic drop into like castings for TV commercials because brands are now using TikTok and they want organic content. They do not want me to be like, oh, let's drink this water. Ah, so refreshing. Buy this water. They don't want that. It's super fake. They want me to like, okay, I just got this. Let's open. Let's see how it tastes. Like, I like it. See the texture. It's much more organic. And this is what is really working in the space right now. And I believe that this is also a very good thing for our mental health because I believe every one of us has suffered into like looking into social media and thinking, okay, this is like everybody's life is perfect and mine is not. So with this type of content creation, it's like the brands wanting everything to feel and seem very natural and organic. So you kind of give your consumer like a real feel of what your brand is like. And this is also aligned with like, for example, I don't smoke. So let's say a brand wants me to do something for like you, for example, I don't do it. So why will I create this content if it doesn't match my values, as we were saying? So you also have to be very conscious about, is this a good thing for you? Because if it's not, it's not only about the money, it's not only about the brand, it's not only about exposure, but it is about being aligned with your values and with your personality so you can actually be organic into developing that content. You, maybe, Larissa, want to speak more or either one of you guys about what is your perspective in terms of uh, content creation as well? Um, I, I think needless to say, in-house would not exist if not for uh, content creators and influencers. So, I mean, for us, the entire thesis revolves around the fact that big brands, I think someone said it earlier that, you know, fashion is not coming from the top down anymore. Uh, I don't think we could agree more. I mean, you look to certain people who are credentialized in fashion and you look to for inspiration and you may have, you know, you may view them as an influencer, even if they are an athlete or a musician or, or whatever. Um, so for us, I think it's, there's a huge focus on not just content, but viewing people as, you know, their personal brand is not just, you know, oh, I'm so-and-so. It's really has the opportunity to be a fashion brand. And for us, we're really bringing that to life. So I definitely resonate a lot with what Barbie said. Um, and it really is kind of the heart of the thesis for in-house. So because I'm coming from the perspective where we're building a tool, um, I realized that we're all content creators. <laughs> we're all content creators, but are we all fashion designers? How many of us love fashion but don't have a background in pattern making? How many of us love fashion but don't have the resources to buy all of these textures, uh, textiles rather? Um, what if we're fashion designers and, you know, so you bring it back, you talk to the seven-year-olds and you ask them, what do you want to be? And, you know, you look at what maybe if you were as a kid, maybe it was part of when you were learning how to draw. We all have to learn how to draw fashion. We all imagine it. And even every day we try to like pick out what you're wearing, whether or not that's a fashion statement. And so how can we merge fashion design and content creation? And it's so interesting because content creation lately has been so limited to the digital space. So how can we include fashion in the conversation through the digital space? How can we continue to create content through digital fashion? So yeah, very excited about that. Yeah, so coming from a marketplace perspective, I work with 
12 plus brands. And I think the biggest thing with brands is that having them understand what the ROI is of working with creators. I would say that creators, each creator has their own community. And like I said before, I think the the more most important thing about, you know, creating a successful brand is building that community. And what's a better way for a brand to build community? Building a community through creators, creators that already have an audience that can create organic content and have a creative approach on it rather than, you know, generic marketing where you're like, hey, buy this. This is on sale. It's much different to see someone that you've been following on social media and having them create these really cool, exciting, different styles and, you know, trying to adapt to trends and showing you inspiration rather than influencing you to purchase something. So I think the difference between, like you were saying, influencers is that you're not influencing them to purchase something, but you're being creative and inspiring them to get creative with what they already have and um, just have a different approach to creating content and building that community. Speaking about community, actually, which is one of the main topics I, I had for, for Larissa to share more because I know she built an, an amazing community in Austin, Texas with, with her, um, with Refine. And I experienced it myself personally. We, we both were together in a, in a panel like this in South by Southwest uh, last March. And it was the first time that actually a fashion tech sustainable event was happening during South by Southwest, non-official. And it was completely sold out. I mean, we were in shock about how many people were there and how engaged was the community in that event. So, and that was a lot has to do with, with your work there. So my question to you is, you were talking about community. How do you apply it? And what lessons can you give to someone else that is starting to build a community from scratch? And what can they do to maybe follow the trend that, you, that you're starting? Well, I will say that community kind of builds itself in the sense of you don't go in, you don't say, okay, I'm going to build a community and the community is going to be X, Y, Z. The community very much tells you what it's going to be. In the beginning, I was an, simply an online marketplace. I carried fashion brands, sustainable fashion brands, and I was highlighting and amplifying and educating consumers on sustainable fashion. But slowly over time, you know, I started curating these events and over time, these events became more and more successful. And I realized, wow, what we really want, what everyone really wants is community. Everybody wants a space they can go to. And with brands, they're so busy building their business, you know, making, trying to make sales and you know, building that community is just an additive. It's it's something that they don't necessarily have the time to do. So when, you know, when I work with, with brands, I'm helping them access this community that's bringing awareness not only to uh, slow fashion and sustainable fashion, but it's bringing them awareness to all of these amazing brands. The incentive is community. Everybody wants, you know, a space where they can connect, collaborate, um, and work with different people. You guys want to add anything around community? Sure. If you give me the chance to talk, I'm just going to keep taking it. Um, I mean, as far as community is concerned for us, I mean, each of our respective tastemakers kind of comes with a built-in community and we very much acknowledge that and look to cater to that, but at the same time are trying to build these brands to something much bigger. So taking the knowledge of, you know, 
in our very specific instance, the community already exists and we're really looking to service it. So instead of saying, you know, in your case, let the community come to you, we're kind of approaching a community that already exists. And we say, okay, we understand what you want, but at the same time, this is a much bigger opportunity. You know, not everyone who buys Yeezy, for example, is like a diehard Kanye West fan. Pretty hard to be one of those nowadays. But I mean, when you look at a, a basketball player or a musician or whoever, they have someone who loves them for what they do on the stage or on the court or, or what have you, wherever their you know main profession is. And it's our job to say, hey, there's these group of people who follow you for, you know, loving you for who you are. And they're going to love you after your career, even that when they're not watching you on TV or at a concert. And how are we to build that brand into something with a lot of longevity? You know, that's really the heart of our focus. Thank you. So community in our context is all about finding people who want to share the journey and share the experience with you. If you're creating something, you kind of want to share, get feedback, learn from each other, you know, get, you know, continue to share. That's like the beauty of social media, but also like how can we look at that from a creator perspective? And so for anyone who's interested in joining our digital fashion community, you can scan our QR code for our website at www.bizarlabs.xyz and you can actually like join our wait list and we're happy to like go on this journey with you so that we can also learn and help you achieve that goal and help you find other designers because learning how to design things whether it's in real life or online can be lonely learning anything can be lonely but when you're with other people you can teach each other and it makes it more memorable and the friendships along the way and like even planning this event, like meeting each other. I ran into Larisa in South by Southwest, you know, Zichi and I met her there and like, look at all the things that collaboration and community can bring. Uh, just to get a sense, how many content creators are here? Can you guys raise your hand if there's one? Okay, one, how many more? Okay. Okay, and how many founders of fashion brands are here? Okay, great. So anyone has want to add anything in terms of uh, community building, any experience that you guys have, content creators, fashion brands, anything you guys want to add? One, two, three, oh, sure, go ahead. Well, you mentioned like brands and I prefer to work with like uh, people who like more organic uh, stuff, right? So curious, especially now that like videos are more becoming like more popular, do brands prefer to work with people who work with like iPhone videos or like professional recorded videos? So that's what I'm curious about. Well, it would be nice if a brand can answer to this question, right? Someone, if not Larissa, you can do it, I think. Okay, I'll let Larissa answer and then I can add something. I can also ask Morgan from House of Zizi, who's there too, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, personally, I think it's way better to see relatable content. Like, I want to see someone in, I know that people are making fun of Kylie Jenner for making all her TikToks in the car and it's like becoming a thing, but that's because it's relatable. Everybody can get in the car. Everybody can like picture themselves in the car or picture themselves in their room trying on different outfits. But something that's like, like production so professionally like I think there's a, a time and place for those things like if you're in Times Square and looking at 
you know, the videos passing, you don't, you don't want to see a TikTok video. You probably want to see a well-produced, you know, piece of content, but you know, for, for content creators and brands, I think it's, I think personally, it's best to be completely organic and not to worry about perfectionism either, because people do not expect perfectionism. They, they want to see that relatable content. So that's, that's my personal take on that. Tucker, do you have something to say? Like I said, <laughs> um, I mean, for us, a lot of the content that performs best is kind of just the casual pictures that our talent takes wearing the brand. So it's, you know, as much as uh, a fun photo shoot is great for everyone, uh, a lot of the times the things that perform best is when the creator really embraces it and makes it theirs. Um, and that's something you can't really prescribe or teach. It's really just inherent to their DNA. Um, which, you know, in a lot of ways makes our lives easier, but at the same time, you know, you want to give the highest level experience to the consumer possible. Um, but sometimes, you know, like you said, it's just, it's what's authentic and relatable. I mean, in terms of also the platform, I have to say, I'm, I'm also a video producer myself. So that's my background before I started my, my uh, the, the platform that we have today with influencers. And I think it doesn't, it doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter the, the tools that you use. It doesn't matter what you are using. One thing that I normally do every quarter is talk to a lot of content creators from our platform to understand what are they using, what is working, what is really matching you know, the style of the brands. And you'll be surprised. I mean, I have to say that none of them work with, with videographers or even people that are you know, hiring them. They literally put their camera. They know a lot of these apps and, and, and things on how to do it in a very organic way and, and, and it works really well. I'm, as a video producer, sometimes amazed when I see content from, a, from an influencer or a content creator that is actually shot super professional and is being shot with the phone. And I, maybe you have also a lot to add in this, in this part. Yeah. So basically, I would say I agree with you, like, depends what it is for but i really see for example from a modeling perspective um there was this tv commercial for milk that was on so it's not even milk you're drinking something that is super thick so you can get the mustache you know so that is not real everything for example soap it's not a real soap it's a thing made of plastic and they put like bubbles on it so it looks super refreshing and oh, amazing but it's not real when you are creating content at home, like for example, myself, I have a very small camera that I use it for mainly for like beauty products that I need to capture the texture. But for everything else, I would do it on my phone because it's, it's more relatable. As you said, it's people want to be able to see something and and think that, OK, I can wear that, too. I can use that, too. Something, for example, for beauty brands I've been seeing with UGC, sometimes the requirement is that you have acne, that you have scars, that you have something on your skin, that you have a problem to solve. Because if you are like this porcelain skin, perfect person, it's kind of like, why is she even using this product for? Because she doesn't have a problem to solve here. So the more relatable you are, the more real you are, the better. So this is my... Agree. I agree. Um, one thing that I firmly believe is that, uh, you know, for me, content creators are entrepreneurs. 
I mean, content creators are constantly looking for new ways of monetization. They're looking to way to perfection their craft, to look for new business models so they can sustain a, a business. And they're always coming up with creativity to kind of work and, and do something different. So we have someone here in the panel who can actually, who actually works with content creators, building these business models, creating different lines of revenue. So I want you to maybe talk a little bit about your experience working with content creators. What do they need to have initially to start working with you? And you know, how can a content creator start building uh, their own business? Yeah, I mean, to start with, uh, you know, what we look for, because it's it goes both ways. We look for clientele to help build their brands. Clients come to us. Um, and really what we look for is, first and foremost, is permission to play in the fashion space. You know, you can have the biggest audience in the world uh, and not be, you know, really engaged with fashion. And I can't promise you I'm going to make something interesting or exciting enough that your consumers are going to buy it and say, not just buy it, you know, literally, but also buy it like emotionally and figuratively. So that's the most important piece. Um, but the secondary pieces are obviously you know, like, are you part of, you know, someone who kind of fits into our idea of what you know what makes sense as one of our tastemakers we kind of know our own audience we know the audience of the brands we already have you know do you fit into kind of one of those key verticals um not necessarily you know uh nail on the head but something that we can kind of play with um and then last piece is obviously audience size because for us you know we are working with you know generally more top tier tastemakers who are really publicly recognizable figures. And we need to be able to lean on, you know, a lot of our business is leaning on their audience, building something for them. Um, so that's a big focus. But as far as building a business for them, um, you know, we're trying to teach them about, I mean, we succeed when they succeed and we want to teach them. These are the kind of products we think you can win with. These are the price points. This is how we think you should style it. But at the end of the day, they're the creative director of the brand. And in a lot of ways, we're working for them. So we're trying to build something amazing that's, you know, they're going to be very proud of, but we're also building a business at the same time. And, you know, when you're working with, you know, a college athlete, some of that might be a huge learning experience for them. And we're trying to give them that, you know, so that they're equipped for the rest of their career. Um, some people who have been, you know, in music or whatever, one of these kind of harsh industries for, you know, a decade they might already know all this and they just want us to be there as kind of more of a, a fulfillment role where we're taking their vision and growing it. So it does depend case by case. Quick, we actually made a sticker that says creator X entrepreneur. So if you guys identify with that and the duality of being a creator and entrepreneur, you can grab some over there. <laughs> Should have co-branded that one. I want that sticker, please. <laughs> um, so with creators, usually, oh, you, you want to say something? Yeah, just sure. Uh, okay, it's kind of about content creation in general. I just know that for me and like from experience of working with brands, uh, it doesn't feel sustainable the like the current rate of how much content's being created and how fast it's going like especially with TikTok I feel like a trend a week or a trend every 3 days is like making brands like break their back to be able to hit Gen Z audiences so how do you 
see the future of content creation going and how do you think like brands are going to be able to keep up with such a fast moving culture? Wow, that's a very good question. Um, well, I don't know about the future. I mean, it's hard to predict, but I agree with you that this is happening very fast. And what I've been seeing, at least on my end, is that instead of having like, okay, let's do this one video here, one video there, they will have one person, like brands will have a person that is responsible for uh, getting into the trends, trying to see how, like, let's say, for example, there's the Horas filter the little guy that is dancing, right? So it's kind of like, how do you apply that to your brand? So they have like a person that will write about all of the strands they will send to a creator. And at least for me, they will like ask me to batch content every Monday. I'll have to record 10, 12 videos, edit and send them on Tuesday. So they already have it, everything ready in a day. They need it to be fast. So this is like the biggest challenge. That's a really good question. Sustainability in general, it has to be sustainable. And with the content creation, the best way that I can kind of seeing this be more sustainable from the creator standpoint is to really understand your community and your audience. I don't think that any one person has the exact same community. I think you can see from the comments or which which uh posts are doing the best, you can kind of see, you know, oh, they love when I do this. And every person I think has a certain style of creating content. I think there's endless ways of being different. Um, in a sea of sameness, you know, it's really difficult to stand out. But I think the one way to stand out is by identifying as you. Like, who are you and who's your audience? And how do you find the balance between, you know, creating something of value for the brand, but a value for your community? That's what I have. Yeah, I think if any of us had the exact answer on future of content, we would be wine tasting in Burgundy and not on this panel. But I mean, at least for us, I mean, I think we really focus on not hitting every trend because, you know, if I go to, you know, an athlete and say, hey, I need you to do this TikTok trend, he's going to be looking at me and say, what are you talking about? Like, I have a game tomorrow. I don't know what you're what you're getting at. So for us, it's not about being relevant every week, but it's about being relevant to that audience and authentic to who they are. Okay. Um, another word that is usually associated with content creators a lot is NFTs, metaverse, all these different uh, bossy words that are really associated with content creators today. We also have someone in the panel who specializes in this. So I kind of wanted to, to ask you uh, for content creators here and for fashion brands or for anyone that is here today in the panel, what are the opportunities today in all these different areas? I know the, the question is a little open, but you can probably relate to one or, or, or two of the things. But what, what do you think is a real opportunity now? In my personal experience, what I have seen is that brands are a little behind. They're probably not seeing it now because, of course, they're worried about other concerns and things that are happening today you know, the economy, you know, all this different stuff. And in order, in my experience, in order to get into this industry, you need more budget, you need to be, have a certain size. Well, maybe on the content creator size, it's more sexy and it's more appealing for them. So I would love to hear your thoughts on, on this uh, question. Um, so for anyone who hasn't heard, an NFT is a non-fungible token. 
Um, and it's really the wild, wild west. And so a lot of people are trying to explore what this means. And if you've heard the word Web3, they say it's potentially the new future of the internet. It lives on the blockchain, which means that once something is on the blockchain, it can be tracked, it's visible, there are contracts, um, and there are ways for people to see, like if you were listening to a song or if you were listening or if you were downloading a piece of art, um, the early adopters will be rewarded um, with like different kinds of like either tokens, which are forms of like monetization and things like that. Um, it's really, it's a really tricky space. So I'm not here to tell you everybody has to get into NFTs or NFTs are the future. I think that it's something that everybody is exploring and especially artists are starting to see. Um, I think what makes it interesting and what gives it a lot of opportunity um, is that you're able to support music, fashion, art creators in a way that hasn't been supported before. And so I like to use the, um, so instead of going through galleries, you can sell your art. Um, instead of going through music producing companies, um, for every song that's listened to, you get credited. For NFT books, um, you can also, you know, get credit, give credit to the authors and the publishing houses. Um, so it's really a different way that puts the creator at the front and center. Um, something that we have always tried to prioritize at Bazaar Labs is utility, because I think it's so easy to get caught up in hype. And so like with the more popular NFTs, like the Bored Ape Yacht Community, Yacht, Yacht Club, sorry, see, I'm not part of them, but they're, I know people, they're great. Some of them, some of them, eh. um, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, like all communities, right? You have your favorites and then you have your not favorites. Um, you find your people. And so I think what has been useful in these NFT communities is that people try to buy into how they see themselves. People try to buy into different communities that they're a part of. And so I think it's technology's way of kind of creating these memberships and these clubs. And sometimes they have utility and sometimes they don't. And so if you're an artist and you have lots of followers and lots of patrons, sorry, maybe visual NFTs are the way to go. Maybe video NFTs are the way to go. If you're a movie producer, Maybe movie NFTs are the way to go. Um, so I encourage you to do your own research, to look it up. Feel free to approach me after this and if you want more resources. Um, yeah, so I'm somewhere in the middle. Uh, happy to help. I'm just going to add something here, actually, because I see both of my co-founders staring a hole through me. Um, but we actually are also really engaged in the Web3 space and something we actually didn't get to talk about on Friday is, you know, some of our biggest focuses for not just the rest of this year, but going forward are in the Web3 space. And we, I mean, echoing what you said about NFTs and utility, we're looking to always apply a very practical use case to any digital product. And like you said about hype, you know, there was this, you know, I don't know, six month year long period where it was like, oh, we're all putting things on the blockchain and then we're screenshotting it. Who does it belong to? And we're looking at it in a much more practical way. Like how do we create this receipt and ledger for these things and prove authenticity for all of these brands we're building? And just like a, a really relevant example is the next project we're launching is actually with an artist. Um, speaking of, uh, you know, kind of 
our core creator, someone who's actually a, a multimedia artist, is doing a varsity jacket with us. It's custom designed by them, and there's only going to be 30 of them in the world. And to get access to it, to own it, you have to buy essentially the certificate of authenticity, and that is this NFT. So for us, it's about always, you know, creating this digitally native experience, but making sure the person, the consumer, is rewarded in real life. Um, and that extends beyond just digital products, but communities as well. And, you know, I won't belabor everyone with our efforts in that space, but, you know, we're looking to build these kind of digitally native communities, but be sure they always have homes uh, in the real world. Any questions, comments on, on this topic? Uh-huh, there's one there. Hi, um, well, I have a question as a brand, and it's very interesting that you brought in NFT because we're a small brand that's starting and we're always wondering is it worth it to invest because our customer is not ready for any nft as a cute la femme apéro brand i don't see my customer wanting to purchase this because i'm not ready and i don't think my customer is so how f what would you say for a small brand like us what's the right amount of investing what should we invest in? Because NFT means a lot. Like we've been proposed a lot of options. So I'm just, what can you give us as an option as a young brand that we know we're going to do it for the future, but the customer is not ready? That's my question, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, so I can answer your question. Um, and so you're right. I don't think every consumer is ready for NFTs and they're going to be like, I bought this picture of this outfit, what do I do with it? And so there are two ways to go about it. Either you sell items. So um, the word fiat now means real money, real currency. And then crypto is the word for like the digital token money. And so there's a way that you could sell it in fiat and then have them own the NFT, but just be accompanied by your real clothes. And so that could be anything from like $5 to $10 or could be $1.50 you get to set the terms. That's one way of doing it. Um, if it really doesn't matter <laughs> and they don't care about it because forcing people to care about something that they don't care about is not something you should be doing, um, ways you could go around it is find a different audience. And so last year, Fortnite sold $40 billion of skins. And that's in the video game world. And I ask, where are the fashion designers in the video game world? And the answer is, it's because fashion software is super hard to learn. And that's why we're trying to build, create, you know, the solution to that gap. And so what if you as a small brand could see your users or new users who have never known your brand running around Fortnite, running around Decentraland? You know, like what if you could, you know, like a big Barbie game and like, that's why I know if you can see the screen there, you can see the digital version of this. Um, when I'm in the metaverse, I would like my avatar to be wearing this. And so like, come talk to us and we can help you create digital versions of your clothes. Another way to do it is with these digital versions, you can create Snapchat filters, you can create TikTok filters, you can, create, you can have your consumers try on and endorse your clothes without buying them. You know, you can have them vote on it in a sustainable way. Guys, here is a digital version of this outfit and if enough people like it, we'll release it. Or be part of the co-creating solution. What if the community created this one thing all together and then we all vote on it and then go to Zichi and have it produced? 
you know, like there's so many ways to collaborate. And so like a huge part of the conversation is how can we create as a community? How can we all benefit from this? How can we all monetize? Um, but also like not taking away the utility. Um, so how can we push the boundaries of fashion technology? So feel free to come to talk to me after. Wow. Well, I wanna, uh, anyone else in this topic? Um, okay, I wanna kind of close the conversation with, with some numbers. So everyone has an idea of how the influencer marketing space has grown in the last five years, six years. So uh, just, just to give a, a reference, uh, by 2016, the influencer market was a $1.6 billion market. And today is 16.4. That's 14, 15 times more than it was five years ago. So it's definitely growing like crazy. So I kind of want to give the opportunity to all of you to tell us where do you guys see the focus on the opportunity for us to keep growing this market and I'd like to hear the perspective of all of you, you from a content creator, you know, every, everyone here to kind of say, where do you see the opportunity on the influencer and the content creator space? Let's start with the content creator. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, for me, from my perspective as a content creator, I think that the opportunity is in being authentic and being true to yourself and in what resonates with you and your personal brand. With that, you can always be organic and you can always be real and approachable. And this is what people are looking for and this is what brands are looking for. So basically, this will be my advice. I think that content creators in general are a huge part of building community and the amount of brands that I work with, you know, they're all smaller brands trying to create community and reach more people, bring awareness to their small sustainable brand. And I really think that the only way to do that is to create community via creators because those creators already have this emerging community. Um, so one thing that we do at Refine is really just try to give our brand partners resources to scale. And one of those is being Boulder. They're one of our partners. Uh, so yeah, using and utilizing creators in the way that aligns with your brand, I think is going to be huge. Um, I think don't stray if you're a brand away from working with influencers slash creators, because I really think that that's going to be your ticket into reaching a bigger audience much quicker and bringing awareness to whatever your mission is as a brand. I think uh, speaking to creators more broadly, uh, at least how in-house thinks of it is, you know, we focus on brands just as a, a fashion community based on who's behind them. Like people don't get really excited because Caring or LVMH owns a brand. They get excited because, oh, Alessandra Michelle is the creator, creative director of Gucci or like Virgil was the creative director of Off-White. That's where you create that emotional connection. So for us, we're always looking to put creators in the front seat of everything we're doing. And that's the entire heart of our business. So uh, not speaking so much to kind of this everyday content creators, influencers, et cetera, but from our business perspective, we see the drivers of culture going forward being these tastemakers. And I think that does ladder down really to 
everyone, including just all of us here, like you're creating content. You just might not be for someone to buy. You're applying for a job, your LinkedIn, your Instagram, that's content. Um, so it's just a, a kind of a point of view of who's consuming it. Um, so I'll answer that question in two ways. The first one is uh, putting the power back in the hands of the content creator. So that's the first one. And the second one is the way that we see it is we see that um, fashion technologists will be the new social media managers because for every brand, they're going to need presence in the 3D world, whether that's in virtual reality, augmented reality, um, and so many other use cases, uh, production even. So, Anyone else want to speak about the future here? Yeah. My question is, why wouldn't you combine it all? Right? So all under one roof with one system and artificial intelligence to help you style. Right? All right. What do I do? That. Yep. Uh, yes, we are. Uh, the, the name is Good Look. And uh, I would love to talk to you guys afterwards. So thank you. <laughs> so yeah, sure. Uh, I guess what Good Look is at its core is an artificial intelligence company. And we help users style their existing clothes. So uh, through LiDAR technology, you are able to scan your existing garments on a flat surface, flip it, it'll grab all of the uh, the Sorry, um, I didn't expect to speak, but <laughs> anyway, yeah, and my name is Rock. Uh, so, hello, I, uh, I come from Minneapolis. And what Good Look does is uh, allows the user to use LiDAR technology within their AR kit on their iPhone to grab a virtual scan of their existing clothes and then put that on top of their scanned avatar of their body, partnering with... Uh, a very cool company um, that I will not disclose at this time, but yeah, so uh, it's it's a really cool uh, software, and I would love to work with you guys. So, thank you very much. I would love to hear if any of the founder of fashion brands here can say something about this, or I know there's a few, and I probably yeah, okay. I feel like I have to take this opportunity. Um, I would love to talk to, was it Rock? So I have a, okay. <laughs> oh, no, no, I, we, I can reach out later. Um, I have a platform called, called Social Closet, um, which is a peer-to-peer -peer clothing rental platform. Um, and so on the subject of sustainability, my goal is just to like reduce consumption um, in clothing, but I'm also, trying a beta that's like a wardrobe tracker. Um, so I'd love to maybe partner. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you. <laughs> so. If anyone would like to see the prototype of our, our uh, wireframes and everything that we have so far uh, in video format, come up to me and I will definitely show you. So I'd love to, uh, yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for coming. Thank you for all the panelists to be here. This is, 
you know, we're going to try to keep doing these type of events, more like community driven collaboration, hearing from all of you guys too. So this is, again, this is, was not only about us. So stay tuned in the mailing list uh, on your email or, the, or all the social media from the uh, promoters of the, of the event, but we'll keep doing this. Thank you again for coming and keep enjoying and drinking and mingling and come here and talk to and do your own Q&A with anyone you want. Thank you. Mm -hmm.